All right. So interpretive dance. Well, I need some more candy before I do that. Uh, all right. So we are going to uh, transition into our uh, Bible study tonight. So if you have a Bible, pull it out. If you need a Bible, raise your hand, um, and some of our leaders will pass them out to you. So raise your hand if you need a Bible. Okay. For next time. All right. If you need a Bible, raise your hand high if you don't have one yet. Okay, so we got one up here, two. If you don't mind. All right. All right, so as we, as we get going here, okay, this is the time of the night that I really want you to focus in here as we dig into God's Word. And so as we do that, I first uh, want to hear some thoughts from you, okay? What is something that you're looking forward to? Could be in the next few days, next few months. What is something that you're looking forward to that you're really pumped about? Could be a trip, could be someone's making your favorite meal next week, uh, whatever, all right? I want to hear, what are some things that you're looking forward to? Okay, Nate? Ooh, all right, football game, all right, nice. All right, shh, guys, listen up, okay? Ben? Yeah, can we give it up for lunch? Lunch? I'll always have for that. All right. Hey, look. My sister's coming home, and I get to see <gasps> Oh, can we snap for puppies? I mean, let's be honest. All right, good. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to cry. <laughs> nice. TNT next week. Good. Okay. Sophia? Yeah. Okay. All right. Anytime we don't have fights, I am all about. Yeah. Ooh, break from school, right? Can we snap for Fridays? Okay, all right, let's do a couple more. Chloe. <gasps> TLC retreat this weekend. Anyone excited for that? Woo-woo. Okay, all right. Okay, in the back row, aloha, okay? Hi. Hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, two-year-old nieces. Okay, all right. Let's do one more, Elijah. Weekend. I mean, can we clap for the weekend? All right. So I'm sure we could. I'm sure we could keep going on for a while. But um, those are some exciting things. You know, puppies, seeing family, lunch. I mean, those are all really good things. And the reality is, we get excited about things that lie ahead. When you think about what's coming ahead, you get excited, and then it's easy to talk about things that you're excited about. So, for instance, if you're going to see a puppy and someone says, are you ready to see a puppy? You're going to want to talk about that puppy, right? Because we get excited to talk about things that we are excited about. And so I want you to be thinking about that as we head into our time tonight. And so tonight we are going to be diving into the book of Colossians. And we're going to take the entire semester to work through this book. And my hope is that by the time we get to Christmas. You guys are going to be like Colossians scholars, okay? And so uh, if you have a Bible in front of you, turn to Colossians chapter 1, okay? Um, if you have the Bible in front of you, in the very front, there's an index, a table of contents, rather. You can see 
where Colossians is. If you need help finding it, ask a neighbor or just raise your hand. And one of our leaders will be happy to help you find Colossians, okay? Because it's okay to ask for help because we are all here to learn together. So we're here to learn. So if you have questions, just raise your hand. We'd be happy to help you so we can dive in together, okay? And when you find Colossians, give me a little uh, hang 10. Is that what this is? Is that what this is? I don't know. I want to do something different. Righteous dude! Reminds me of Nemo. All right, man, Red Crush. I went to an aquarium on Saturday, so I've been going through finding Nemo quotes like for the last week. All right, so we are going to spend every week working through Colossians. And how we're going to do that is we're going to be using soya, which is what we talked about last week. So, for a quick review, who can tell me by raising their hand what does S stand for in soya? Survey, otherwise also known as context, all right? We're warming up. Survey, context, interchangeable, okay? So the first thing that we want to do is understand context. And so we're going to do that with Colossians, okay? So let me give you a couple of Colossians, what I'm calling fast facts, okay? So Colossians is written by the Apostle Paul, okay? And as we read through Colossians, it's important to remember that Paul, when he wrote this letter, was actually in jail, okay? So Paul was in prison while writing this letter. And so this is going to be important for us to understand as we read through this and study it, knowing that the author was actually in prison while he was writing this. And so this letter was addressed to the church in Colossae. Everyone say Colossae. You can sound like Australian, Colossae, mate, okay? So Paul is addressing the church in Colossae, otherwise known as the Colossians. So he's writing this letter specifically to the church, okay? So he's writing this letter talking to followers of Jesus. And so at this time, there was a lot of false teaching and otherwise known as lies. So the church here was beginning to believe lies or anything that was against God's word. And so Paul here is writing this letter to the church, the Colossian church, to help shed some light on the lies that they are believing. So he's here to speak and point them back to truth, okay? And so as we start Colossians 1, um, we're going to start off in reading this here in a moment, and we're going to see that Paul is the author, and we're going to learn a little bit more about who he's writing to and why he's writing to them, okay? So, again, that was a little bit of quick context to help us understand the framework that's surrounding Colossians, okay? So that was S. What does O stand for in Soya? Yeah, observe observations, okay? And so, again, just for reminding you and clarity's sake, observation, when we say we're going to make observations in the Bible, observation means to examine the text carefully to see what it says, so when we make observations, when we study the Bible, our goal is to see what is there, to understand what the Bible is saying. And so I want to try something a little bit unique here tonight, and I'm trusting you all to uh, follow through with this because I think it's going to be really powerful for you. And so I hope you can follow along with me here, okay? And so what I want to do is I want to, I want to train you all to study the Bible on your own. And so I want us to be able to study together, but I also want to help give you some practice so you can learn how to study the Bible together. 
Because we can study the Bible here, and that's amazing, but my hope is that you all leave from here and take time during the week to study the Bible. So what I want to do is in a moment, um, I'm going to have a timer on the screen, and I want to give you two minutes to read through Colossians 1, verses 1 through 14, okay? I'm going to give you two minutes to read through this passage on your own, okay? And I want you to have a little time to read it on your own, to understand it, okay? Because if you're like me, if somebody reads it out loud, you might be all over the place. I want to give you just two minutes to read through it. And as you read through it, start to think about what some observations that come to your mind, okay? And so I want you to do this on your own and don't distract others. Because the reality is God wants to speak to you through his word. And I don't want any of you to distract somebody else in a way that God is trying to get a hold of their life, okay? So I'm asking you as a friend to help focus in here on this, okay? So I'm going to give you two minutes to read through Colossians 1, 1 through 14. Just read it, try to understand a little bit of what's happening, and then we're going to come back together and process through, okay? Some of you might not like a little silence, but you know what? That's actually healthy for you sometimes. So just take a breath, read through it, and we'll process together, okay? All right, give us a timer, all right? All right, good job, guys. I'm really proud of you. That was great. Hopefully that some of you, maybe you thought, wow, that was, that felt like forever. Maybe some of you were like, wow, that's over already? Good. I hope that you felt that way. And so I wanted to give you just a little time to start reading and processing through it on your own. So let's start to work together as a group, and let's identify some observations. And again, we are trying to see what the passage says. So let's not worry yet about what things mean. Let's talk about what are some things that we see. So people, places, maybe themes that you already recognize from our activity last week. It could be any questions that are already starting to come to your mind that we might want to try to understand what is in there, okay? So let's come together as Bible scholars and let's start to process here. What are some things that you noticed already just reading through it? Again, doesn't have to be anything crazy deep. Just help us understand what's there. Lucas. Yeah. That's a great thing to start off with. Who's writing it? Paul. Good. Yeah. It's worded strangely. Okay. So that means we're going to have to do some deeper study. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's okay to not know what it means. But see, that is where the exciting part of studying the Bible comes together. And that's why we're here. So I'm so glad you said that. Fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah, domain. That might not be a word that you use in your average day, right? Okay, good. That's going to be an important word for us to understand. Nate? Okay, right, so we're introduced to someone by the name of Epaphras, okay, so somebody, we're going to have to figure out who he is here a little bit, so that's good, right, these are good things to be looking for, again, we want to be like detectives and try to understand what pieces of the puzzle that we see here, okay, any other observations, things you notice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another important Bible study tip is if you see a word in a passage that comes up a lot, that's going to tell you that it's probably important. 
So it's going to be important for us to understand when we see words that have a high pattern. Yeah, anything else, Byron? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so it seems like he has a pretty big role in this church, and we're going to talk about that, which is really good. Okay, all right, again, I want to just get you in this habit of doing Bible study here together, right? So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to transition, and I want to work through some questions with you all, and we're going to do Bible study together, okay? Let's do this together. If you're with me, give me a thumbs up, all right? Let's do this, okay? So we're going to start in verse 2. Paul refers to the church in Colossae as his brothers, okay? So he addresses them as brothers. I want to ask you, do you think it's important that he addresses the church as brothers? Why or why not? Let's, let's process through this. Again, I'm not looking for you guys to just give me right answers. I want us to learn together, okay? So why do you think it's important that he even addresses the church that he's writing to while in jail He's addressing them as brothers. Any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, the fact that he's addressing them as brothers when he actually has never been to this area shows that there's deep relationship. And so the Greek word for brothers actually uh, connects to brothers and sisters. So it's this family mindset, okay? So he is viewing the church as family. And so what that tells us is that Paul cares deeply about the people that he's writing to, okay? Paul cares a lot about this church, and that's why he's writing to them. And this is going to be really important for you to remember, okay? And so what does Paul thank God for in verse 4? So in verse 4, we see Paul thanking God. What does he thank God for? Four. And again, look in the passage here to help us see what it says to help us then understand what is happening. So what does Paul thank God for? Nate? His love. Is that what he said? Okay. Caden? His faith. Okay. Anything else? Yeah, Chloe? Yeah, hope of heaven. Any other ideas, thoughts? Their faith. Okay. Getting in the groove here, yeah? Truth. Okay. All right, good. Wait, was this a little? Okay, the love for the saints. Okay. And so, again, what's that? What does that mean? That's a good question to ask. And we're going to talk about it. All right. So, Paul is thanking God for the Colossians' faith in Christ and the love they have for each other. So Paul is praising and thanking God first for the faith of the Colossian church, and he's also thanking them for how they love each other. So Paul says, thank you for how you are placing your faith in Christ and trusting in him, and thank you for how you are showing love to others. Right? And so Paul is thanking God for their faith in Christ and how they are loving others. And so then... Paul refers to the word of truth in verse 5, okay? What is the word of truth in verse 5? Hint, it's probably like the last two words of that verse. What is the word of truth? Caden? 
the gospel. Everyone say gospel. Okay, all right. That was good. Okay. So let me ask you this. If he's referring to the word of truth, the gospel, we need to understand what the gospel is. So let me ask you, what is the gospel? What is this gospel message that Paul is talking about here? Because he's, he's making it at the forefront right off the bat of his conversations. So what is the gospel and otherwise known as the word of truth? Any, any thoughts, any ideas on this? Yeah, Gabby? Yeah, the message of Christ. Anything else? Anyone wants to add to that? Ben? The promise of salvation. Caden? The good news. Love that phrase. Any, anything else that we want to add to the gospel? Okay, good. All right, it's going to be important for us to understand what the gospel message is. Well, what is it? It's the good news of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection as payment for my sins. So it's the good news. What's the good news? That Jesus died and conquered the grave as a payment for my sins. That Jesus Christ paid the penalty that I deserve. That is the gospel that Paul is talking about here. So when he says, praise you for your faith in Christ, well, where does that faith come from? The good news. And what is the good news? That Jesus Christ died for my sins and conquered the grave. And so then, moving on in verse 7, we meet a new character, a new person here that's introduced. His name is Epaphras. Any ideas who he is based off of what we see the passage saying? Nate? A servant, it, he calls him a servant. Good, Ben. Yeah, he's leading, clearly, here we see. A minister, right? So there's a sense of authority by which he is leading. Okay, anything else? Any other thoughts? Yeah? Okay, might be a pastor based off of what he's doing and how. Okay. And so it's important for us to understand when you see somebody's name in Scripture, take time to understand who they are. Because if the Word of God, which is powerful, has a name in it, it's going to be important. And so we need to understand who that is. So let me give you a really quick look at who he is. So Epaphras, he is the one who first took, first took, he took this message of Jesus to this area. So in essence, God used Epaphras to found the church in Colossae. I'm saying too many words in my head now. God used him to bring the gospel to this area. And so it's often understood, too, that Epaphras first heard the gospel from Paul as well. And so what we see here is that Paul seemingly shared the good news in his ministry, and Epaphras heard that good news, and he believed, and so he took that message back to his hometown, Colossae, and then God used him to grow the church in Colossae. So we see Paul sharing the gospel, Epaphras believes, takes that message, he goes, and he's saying, well, where am I going to go? I'm going to go home and share that message, and then all of a sudden, God is using him to change his town for the good of Christ. And I mean, what an incredible story. Like, talk about sharing your faith. Sharing your faith, someone believes, and then all of a sudden, this chain reaction happens, and now this whole city is hearing the gospel, and there's a church that is growing. 
And it's also worth noting here, if we were to have time to do some more study, at this time, Paul had never even been to this area. So Paul was being used by God to make an impact for Christ in an area while he was in prison and he had never even gone to. And what's amazing is God can use us in any circumstances, in any situations, to bring glory to himself. So then what does Paul start doing in verse 9 when he heard about what was happening? What does he start to do in verse 9? So he hears about what's happening in this town. And so starting in verse 9, what does Paul do? Yeah. Pray. I'm I'm not trying to trip, trip you guys up. Don't worry. Pray. Paul starts to pray for them. And he said, you know what? From the moment I heard the way that God was working in this town, I'm going to start praying for them, which to me is an amazing testimony of Paul. When he hears God working and lives being changed, he says, I'm going to pray for them. And then in verses 9 through 11, we see some of the ways that Paul prays for them. Okay, so from verses 9 through 11, what are some of the ways that Paul prays for them specifically? You can look at verse 9, 10, and 11, and it gives us some of how Paul prayed for them. What are some of those ways? Yeah, he's praying for their knowledge to grow in their knowledge of Christ. Yeah, good. What else? Isaiah? Oh, sorry, Lucas? Their strength? Caden? Okay, spiritual wisdom? Yeah? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, understanding? Yeah. Bearing fruit. Anything anything else you see? Yeah, Ben? Yeah, right? And so let me put some of those on the screen here. A bunch of ways that we see Paul is praying for them to be filled with knowledge, spiritual wisdom, and understanding, to walk in ways that represent God well, to walk in ways that please God, to bear fruit, to increase in knowledge, to be strengthened, not by our own strength, but by God's power for endurance, for patience, for joy. And he gives thanks to God for how he's working. And so if you're in this room right now and you're thinking, man, how can I develop a better prayer life? What are some things that I can pray for? I'm not really sure what to pray for or how. Well, let's look to God's word to give us some ways that we can pray. And we can take them right from how Paul prays for the Colossian church. So you might say, you know what? I'm going to pray for endurance. I'm going to pray to deepen my understanding of God's word and knowledge. These are all number of different ways that Paul prays. And so this is a great list for you to even consider on how you can deepen your prayer life. Okay, so moving on, verse 12. Paul then says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to receive in the inheritance. Okay, let's pause here. Who has the Father qualified? Okay, because it says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. So who is the you here that Paul is saying the Father has qualified? Okay, don't overthink this too much, okay? Ben? Yeah, the church. And so Paul is saying he's giving thanks to God who has qualified the Colossian church to receive in the inheritance. Okay, what is this inheritance? Is this like this treasure hunt? Like, you know, what's, what is this? Any ideas on what this inheritance 
is, let's think about this, Isaiah? Okay, of the saints of light, great. That's what it says, and that's awesome. What could he be talking about here? To the inheritance, salvation, right? That is priceless. Well, there was a price through Christ, but any other ideas? What is this inheritance, Caden? New, did you say new life? Okay, new life. Other thoughts? Eternal life? Okay. And so what I want to do is I want to challenge you this week to take some time and do a word study on inheritance and try to dig into what that word means, okay? So I want you to do that. And if you weren't here last week for how we worked through that, um, come talk to me. I'd be happy to show you. And you can also listen back to last year's lessons where we worked through some of that, okay? So a little fun, extra learning for you, okay? So Paul is talking about the Colossian church, okay? And he's saying it's because of God that the Colossian church is now qualified and now they have all access to share in the abundance that awaits the followers of Jesus in heaven. And so because of their faith in Christ, the good news, the Colossian Christians are now able to look forward to the joys of heaven. It's because of Christ that the Colossian church that he's writing to can look forward to the joys in heaven. And what are some of those joys? Well, we see treasure here, but even beyond that, no more sin and pain, restored relationship with God, freedom from eternal punishment. In verse 14, it says forgiveness, right? These are all things that the Colossian church now can look forward to because it is their inheritance because of their faith in Christ. The good news. And so according to verse 13 and 14, why are they qualified to take part? So Paul's saying, you are now taking part of this inheritance. Why? According to verse 13 and 14, why? Why can they take part in this? Why? Ben? It's because of Jesus that we have been delivered from darkness and we are now no longer residents of this world, but residents of heaven. So because of Christ, our home address has changed. Because of Christ, we are no longer of this world. We have been delivered from the domain or power of darkness. Darkness really being separation from God. And because of Christ, we are no longer residents of this world. But we have our inheritance in heaven to look forward to. And so, let me say this. If you are a follower of Jesus, and you struggle to fit into this world, if you follow Jesus, and you struggle to fit into this world, can I give you some encouragement? That's a good problem. Because... Because of Christ, we're not meant to fit into this world. And if we have placed our faith in Christ, we are no longer residents of this world. We are residents of eternity, of a restored relationship with God. So why do we spend so much time trying to fit into a place that we don't belong? And so if you follow Jesus and you've ever thought, man, I'm having a hard time fitting in, you know what? Praise God. 
God. Because you're not meant to fit into this world because in Christ you are not of the world. And so we should, as followers of Jesus, feel uncomfortable trying to fit in because we're not meant to fit in. Because of Christ, we have eternity ahead of us. And then so, according to verse 14 then, the last verse, what do we have in Christ? Because of our faith in Christ, what do we have according to verse 14? What do you see there? Yeah, Caden? Forgiveness of sins and redemption. And so that's the hope that Paul is talking about back in verse 4. What is that hope? Forgiveness and redemption in Christ. We're not just forgiven. We are redeemed. We're made new, restored. And so maybe you're wondering, Nick, that's a, that's a really big, fancy spiritual word. What does redeemed mean? Well, what does that mean? Here's what it means. That in Christ, no matter what you've done, who you are, what you believe, through Christ, you can be made right with God. And our hope, our assurance, our identity is in Christ. Our identity is in Christ. Not of the world, not of how many followers you have on Instagram, not if you're captain of the sports team, not wearing the trendiest clothes, whatever you want to put in there. Everything about who we are as followers of Jesus comes from him. Because we're not of this world. And so that's the message that Epaphras was sharing to the Colossian church. And that is the same message that we today are to be sharing And so from what we see here, Epaphras heard the good news of Jesus, and then he began to share it, which led to the church growing in his hometown. And so lastly, we're going to look at A, which stands for, just yell it out, and soya, application, which means allowing the truth of the text to transform our thinking and lives. And so we're running out of time here a little bit, but if we did, I want you to be thinking about what does that mean for our lives? And that's something you can process in your small groups. But let me share a few ideas with you here. So based off of our understanding of context, making observations, seeing what the word says. And let me make a quick note here. I missed this in my notes. Um, Brandy, if you wouldn't mind going back to the eisegesis um, slide a little bit back. Sorry, I don't think I mentioned that. One of the things I want you guys to be aware of is there is really two main ways that you can approach studying the Bible And I want to teach you some of this because I believe that you are smarter than you realize and that you can handle it. There's one way called eisegesis, which is what you want the passage to say. And then there's another framework called exegesis, which is to seek and understand what God is saying to us. And so really it's exegesis, what you read out of the text. And there's eisegesis, which is reading into the text. Okay, And so a lot of times when we approach the Bible, we approach it with, what do I want this to say? What do I think about this? What do I want this to mean for me? But that's not good Bible study because God has spoken through his words. And as Bible scholars, Bible students, followers of Jesus, our goal should be to seek to understand what God is saying to us. We don't put ourselves in the Bible. We want to understand how God has spoken. And so some quick application points here. Number one, if you have placed your faith in Jesus and you have been delivered from the domain of darkness, this is good news. 
So go share it. Number two, as you share your faith, pray for others. Paul spends a chunk of this passage writing, talking about the ways that he's prayed for them. So share your faith, pray for others. And then number three, remember that no matter what happens in your life, we have assurance in Jesus that we will receive the joys that await in heaven. And that's not because of anything that we have done, but it's because of Christ. Not doing good things, being a good person. It's about what's already been done through Jesus. And so if you're here tonight and you've never placed your faith in Christ, I want you to think about accepting that invitation. Because my guess is there are some of us here tonight who feel like we're trapped in this domain of darkness. But Christ doesn't want you to stay there. He wants to give you life and hope and assurance. And we find that in Jesus. And so every week I want to conclude our time together by giving you what I call the take-home truth, which is basically something that I don't want you to miss. So when I say take-home truth, I want you to be like, well, what's he going to say, okay? And here's tonight's truth. In Christ, we find hope, truth, forgiveness, redemption, and freedom. The Twitter version, in Christ, we find everything. In Christ, we find everything. If you feel like something is missing from your life, you're going to find it in Christ. It might not be what you want, but Jesus wants to change and transform your life. And so if we believe this message, our response should be to share it. Because I'm sure some of us and many of our friends and our school and our family, our community, need hope. And we have hope. And Paul's going to talk a lot about this hope in the book of Colossians. And I hope you're excited about what's to come. So as we prepare to go to small groups, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this time to dig into your word. God, I pray in light of Paul that you would give us joy found in you, encouragement. That you would give us patience. That you would help us love one another. God, we all need love. But God, that love comes from you because you have first loved us. So help us to love like Christ. And help us to deepen our understanding of who you are. Because it doesn't matter where we've been, what we've done, what we believe. We can be made right through Christ. Because in Christ, we're not meant to fit into this world. Because we are not of this world. Because this is our temporary address. And we thank you for that. And we ask this in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so now we're going to finish out the night by heading to our small groups. Okay, so I want you to find your small group leader and follow them. If you don't know what small group you're in, please come talk to me. They're also on the screen here as well, okay? We'll finish up in small groups, and then you'll head out through door A, okay? All right? Thanks so much for studying. Thanks. Thanks.